Hello and welcome to the first episode of the brand new At Stelvio Auto Show. I'm Sean Smith. I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Asda Walker. Good evening, all. And uh, James Montgomery. Yeah, that's that's. Whoa, hello. Hey, 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 hang on, hang on, back up. Good evening. Where the hell are you, Alistair? There's um, no time in a podcast. They can be listening to it at any time <laughs> they want. Good night. Yes, that's why our guest didn't... The likelihood is I'm wrong, but at least <laughs> I tried. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hello, everyone. Hope you, hope you two are well. <laughs> Getting ready for... Ah, go on, Al. You can answer that first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... In a mood for racing. That's oh, good. That's always a good start. So the new yeah. the new At Stelvio Auto Show, basically we're going yeah, to be same, sort of same here. going to be talking about the just good stuff in motorsport, positive vibes and all that sort of stuff that YouTubers cringe people are out on. Uh, so today we're going to be doing a little bit of a a free plug for you two actually. Um, oh, we're, going to be talk- we're going to be talking about uh, some sim racing. Because Yay! of course at the moment with uh, 2021, the world is still slightly burning. Uh, and... Uh, PCs are, and other formats are uh, taking over the world of racing because people people can't afford to do anything else or go anywhere. So uh, we've spoken before on the show, on the on this uh, establishment about sim racing. So we're going to be talking to you two about two levels that you two are in uh, in two different sims. So whichever, mm-hmm. which of you would like to start? Ow, I didn't even realise you were doing some uh, sim racing again just now. I thought you stopped after Daytona. I want to hear. I want to hear what you're up to. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so long-time listeners will know I race with Sean in CSR, which is a small league. I've also been doing a V8 Supercars Championship in the past few weeks. So, Al, of course, we, before we've discussed uh, your GT4 Championships, I think. Uh, yeah, so that's just open racing, and that's... I race GT4s because I just enjoy the nature of the cars more than anything. Yeah. And the 30-minute races suit me quite well. They're quite nice as a weekend race. Yeah, so this is more a step up from there, I guess. I mean, definitely, because it's got a very competitive grid and I keep ending up at the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help. I wanted to push myself and challenge myself, and I chose probably one of the hardest cars to drive, because for those unfamiliar with an Australian supercar, they are, I think, six or 700 horsepower, yep. have no differential, so they've got a locked diff in the back. Oh, jeez don't really have enough downforce for a 600 brake horsepower car no traction control don't really have enough tire grip for a 600 brake horsepower car and i'm making matters even harder on myself by the fact if you look at the real ones at least the current gen 2 car of the future chassis which is what the series are using at the moment and i racing is using they have a stick sequential gear shift and because i'm a stickler for immersion i'm using a stick sequential (laughs) while driving it so i'm having to yeah obviously take one hand off the wheel and it's got a it's not got auto blip in the gear enabled um so the real cars don't have this so as you're braking into a corner and downshifting you either have to heel and toe and use the clutch or you have to blip the throttle on the downshift while left foot braking to one get the thing to shift and two stop it from locking well 
know, the back axle's locked solid to stop it from locking the back brakes and spinning you round. Sure. I mean, I watched so, some of your uh, events, which was posted, which was streamed on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember what the channel was, but... Um, yeah, so it's Backfire Simsport TV. Yep. And uh, you were at the Spa recently, which was quite cool. We saw lots of people locking up into La Source, which was, which was always funny to watch. Yeah, that was... That was a challenge, because that was um, an error of judgment on my part. That was one of our... So much like the real series, we do a mix of sprint and endurance. Mm -hmm. And I knew this race was an endurance going into it. I think from somewhere in the rules description for the series, I thought the race was 90 minutes. It wasn't. It was two hours, and I didn't realise this until I was 45 minutes into the race. (laughs) And with a, a bit of a a, um, a bucking Bronco like the V8 supercars, I'm sure it was it, it couldn't end soon enough after, after a certain point. It was like cage fighting with a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun, but it was different. I was probably more tired after doing that than I was. I I don't think we ever mentioned on this show. So me and Monty ran the Daytona 24 together. I was probably more tired than doing a stint at Daytona. Really? That's saying a lot, actually, how hard these cars are to drive, because uh, doing a 24-hour race, especially as you did 10 hours of that, is uh, saying a lot. I thought, did I do 10 hours? Around that sort Just of time, under yeah. 10 hours, about oh. 9 hours 40, if we're going to be precise. <laughs> I, forgot. I do remember at one point I was sleep-deprived, and you just sat me in the car and said, go, and I just kept doing about yeah. the same lap time, so you just left me in it. <laughs> oh, and I think the sun was coming up, so you couldn't run at the time. Correct, correct. Yeah, no, it was that that happened, and then um, yes, that's right. Because my limited computer abilities, thanks to the uh, this uh, worldwide shortage of graphics cards, thanks to cryptocurrency, meant that uh, I had a computer which wasn't powerful enough to watch a virtual sunrise on iRacing. So <laughs> Al had to deal with that, whilst I had to deal with basically anything which involved no rendering of massive shadows. That was annoying. What you need yeah, just... We got through it though. That was a fun event though. That it was. Fun, uh, that. that was a really fun event. Well, I want to do another 24 hour soon, really. I have a seat open for Spa, potentially. Keep me in the loop. Keep me in the loop. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Sean. That's fine. With, with the uh, the VS Supercar, do they still use steel brakes in the VS Supers or are they carbon now? You know? I'm pretty sure they're still steel discs. So I'd it's... have to check the technical rules, but yeah, Did the... they're not the most powerful. Of I was going to say, so they're not as powerful. Do they also suffer from fade in iRacing or not? I've not noticed it, but I'd wager I'm not driving it fast enough to notice yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I'm uh... also, where I'm used to, so you see some ra- sim racers, and I hear this in CSR, have quite a lot of data up about their tyre temperatures, their brake temperatures, what's going on. I just like to kind of drive and feel what's happening and I'll adjust my driving accordingly. Yeah, I mean, that's immersion. It's uh, It can be harder, but equally, it means that you learn consistency through feel rather than staring at a timing board, I guess. But Mm, Yes. So what sort of uh, tracks are you still are you looking forward to going, going to this year, Al, with the V8s? So I've got the schedule up, actually. We're racing at Donington tonight, which I'm glad of because I've not done much practice and it means I actually know the circuit. 
I do quite well there with CSR, but mm-hmm. not necessarily other things. Um, yeah, we've got a mix of. They're going to most sport in That's Canada, going to be quite which a should tight be fun. Track, Donington for the VS supercars, isn't it? No, they race sports cars at Donington in the past. That's a fair point. Yeah, they, they, they do a lot of GT racing stuff there, so I, I guess it would work. Because granted, there's more power, but. They're much slower around the corners, so it will balance itself out. I'm assuming this is on the main circuit, though, not the national one. Yeah, it's on the GP circuit. I can't imagine it on the national through that chicane. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. And to really top things off, so they've um, taken that. So a lot of the Australian series actually happens on street circuits. All right, yeah. So to try and capture some of that magic, they put Long Beach on the calendar. <laughs> which is going to be interesting Al, do you want to tell the audience what happened to you at Long Beach last time you were there? Do you mean the one where I managed to spin a Porsche yeah. or the one where I managed to spin a McLaren? Whichever one you want to talk about <laughs> Yeah, so I did apologise to the other driver involved in this Rolling start at Long Beach is not a uh, pleasant things that that last hairpin's difficult enough when it's just one person trying to navigate it when it's 30 trying to navigate it side by side it isn't just i don't know it's a a perfect example of a racing car steering lock and very very tight chicanes not being necessarily the most close buddies yeah so i thought i had enough room to get through the corner started going through had the car on full lock and there was a McLaren also going through the corner. <laughs> and to make matters worse, the green flag flew. Half the people still weren't through this corner. So I was just trying to navigate through it safely, not lose too many places. And I managed to tag the McLaren because despite being on full lock, I saw I was getting close, so I let off the power. So I wasn't accelerating into him, but still, nope. Yeah, that was messy. So imagine if you're on pole or second front front row, and that happens to you. <laughs> the Aussie VS supercars around that final corner. That'd be uh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> be very... My saving grace is I'm not going to be on pole. Yeah, <laughs> and their standing starts with the V8, which oh, okay. is also yeah, trying to walk a 600 brake horsepower car with no diff off the line is um, interesting. That's all right. You're you're not doing a bad job of the uh, the Delara GP211 on CSR at the moment. moment off start. I hate that car with a passion. <laughs> we had a good race the other day, so that was that, that was good. <laughs> I dislike that car. <laughs> I'm not a fan of high downforce single seaters, and because of that, I've never really driven them. Yeah. So it becomes a vicious loop of I don't like them, so I don't practice them, so I don't like them. <laughs> hmm. What other stuff are you uh, looking at this year, Al? Is anything um, on the radar, or is it uh, sort of trying to get into a bit more outside your house normality? Well, the Spa 24 Hours, yep. say, in iRacing and probably planning, which is a reflection of the real-world events. It's GT3 24-hour. And I know there's a Porsche coming up, so I, I kind of want to race the Porsche, but my boyfriend says I'm not allowed. Yeah, but you let, Why? Him, you, you drove, let, let him drive the Corvette last time, so it's only fair. No, it. He likes Porsche as well, but it's because whenever we watch endurance racing, so like Nurburgring, twenty four hour Spa, twenty four hour Le Mans, virtual Le Mans as well. Mm -hmm. I'll just a jokey thing I say is about roll the dice of fate, and pretty much whenever (laughs) I say this, a Porsche dies. 
Didn't that happen last year when you tried to kill the bicolors? Oh, he did. Yes. No, I, I said, why won't it die? I jokingly said, roll the dice of fate. Let the racing <laughs> gods decide it. And a Porsche crapped out. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently I'm not allowed to drive a Porsche because I killed them. <laughs> <laughs> so Monty, Not even through my driving. Monty, we can bring you into the uh, the GT3 stuff because obviously you two have done that Daytona 24 together. Um, yes. when, when was that? Was that in... This year, was God, that? that was back in yeah, that was this year. It was uh, right at the beginning in uh, January. So uh, yeah, no, we did that in the uh, Corvette. Um, Not about you, Al. I actually th- had a lot of fun with that. Um, I, I loved I, it. I, sorry, I'd go on. Been wanting to do a twenty-four hours for years, and yeah, I loved the experience of it, even I, if I was tired. I enjoyed being your spotter for a few hours. That was that was good fun. Yes, no, thank you so much for that, uh, Sean. It was. Um, Definitely unplanned a, a lot of what happened there, uh, but um, you got through it. We yeah, we got through that at the end. We got through with on the whole minimal damage compared to some of the other competitors in there, and um, that that was quite surprising because you saw a lot of big names dropping out at about the fourth or fifth hour mark because um, not from reliability issues, but just from I'm I'm going to presume it was brain fade because uh, I go in for a pit stop and I go oh. That really nice martini livery Porsche now <laughs> kind of looks like a, a very used packet of crisps which has just been put in the bin. So th- there were some impressive crashes throughout the event. Um, I mean, ultimately, that, that is what an endurance event is about. And I mean, it's in, in essence, a crash, or as as you guys had with, say, a server disconnect. Um, yes. With, you know, it's very much similar to, it's comparable, rather, to the real-life stuff, you know, with mechanical failures, with red flags, with... Whatever. Yes, because the I server crash very much. The server crash very much reminds me of something that happened to Ben Keating in the Riley AMG GT3 that ran at Daytona a few years ago, and they kept having an intermittent electrical fault round the track. Yeah. Oh. Yes. No. Um, that part of it is very relevant because you're waiting for either your server to come back on, if it's a car problem, whatever. It's it's like it's the equivalent of towing a car back to the pits to get it going again. Um, uh, then you all of a sudden go, okay, I'm 10 laps off the leader now, well, pressure's off, let's just go and have some fun and go and drive. So, uh, uh, for me anyway, knowing that pressure was gone and we could just drive our own race then and our own pace at that point, for me, it made it much more fun, particularly when we started unlapping other competitors because, I, I don't know, Al, did, didn't you, did you find that sometimes, like, we were, what, 12, 13 hours in? And even though we were seven laps behind the car in front we're lapping two seconds faster than them if it's an endurance race and still another 12 hours of the race still to go then you don't want to be fighting against someone who's a couple of laps behind you just let each other run their own stint surely yeah pretty much and uh, yeah well, that's the nature of endurance racing is you take care of your race but you don't intervene with others and yeah. uh you know i Particularly when we were on a fast and we tried our best to not impede those who were in front of us. Obviously, we wanted to get ahead of them because we knew there was more pace. Why they felt the need to defend their position, I don't know. But likewise, if we were on a slow stint, we just made it very clear what side of the road we were going to. So uh, it was easy for them to overtake us with minimal time loss to each other. And that is very, very relevant to what you see in real life with endurance racing. And it is one of the things I do like most about the virtual sim racing, oh, and esports as well. Yeah, it's probably one of the hardest parts of motorsport, to be honest, as well. Because, mm. I mean, we watch 
the real world Daytona because I watched it the week afterwards because the real event was a week later. That's right. And sometimes in the moment, you do kind of think, what are these people playing at at occasions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you watch the real one and think, actually, ah. the sim isn't inaccurate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of those incidents, it remind me of uh, Le Mans 2011, McNish, when he was trying to lap that Ferrari and, and the way that ended. Um, yeah. That well, is very representable of what we were seeing on iRacing for sure, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, there was one, our teammate, my partner, unfortunately, got um, tangled up with a DP in um, the bus stop. When I watched the actual event a week later, there was a very similar crash between a GT and a um, DP into the bus stop. I think they were just the opposite sides of the track. Mm. Yeah. So where we were on the left of track and the prototype was on the right of on driver's right i think mm-hmm. the prototype was on driver's left when it happened at the real world event but it was a very similar crash hmm. correct yeah and uh, the, the i mean when you're going from the uh very wide oval on daytona all of a sudden into a bus stop style chicane you've got all of a sudden a road which is what four cars wide down to one and a half car wide type territory it's i'm amazed there wasn't more crashes really with uh, that style of chicane as they say in racing, two into one won't go. And sometimes three into one <laughs> really won't go. <laughs> Time to get out the butter at that So point. let's talk about um, your Spa event, Al. So it's going to be obviously... How did that go? It's coming up, isn't it? Spa? No, he's got Daytona coming up. Spa was uh, last week, wasn't it? Uh, no, the, Spa... Oh, I Spa think 24 sure. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant the the uh, V8 thing again. Sorry, I'm watching it my other screen at the moment just to catch up with it all now. That looks really good fun. But anyway, Spa 24 hour. I'm just going to happily watch this in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's the blue and orange car. Yeah. Your, your consistent yeah, the, livery is always good. It. I just decided I liked it and like slapped it. it on everything. I need to buy some vinyl to slap it on a go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, that's end of July. So I had been looking at a way to try and do the 24 hours of Lamar this year, but I think just, I hadn't managed to put a team together and I'd not been prepared enough. So going to refocus for Spa. Yep, not a bad plan. And see if I can do that one. Also, I always seem to have reasonably good luck at Spa in a GT3. So, so which classes are going to be at the Spa 24 again? GT3, just GT3. Okay, so it will just be quite similar to how your two's uh, Daytona 24 was. No, because our Daytona 24 had DP yeah, but not, and not in GTE. Your race, yes, in our race. Did it? It was the other CSR car oh, and had GTs because of the split. Of course it did, yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry, because I remember the uh, one of the, the LMP2 cars, sorry, DPI cars, uh, sort of jumping uh, due to a bit of a server ping problem. Yeah, but yeah, we're, so to help those listening catch up, so our league CSR between us entered two teams, um, somewhat semi-independent of each other, because I think the other team were using a Porsche. Because um, of the way iRacing works, it splits people by the driver ratings. We ended up in different groups. So because there were more GTs running than anything, they ended up in a group that was GT only. Um, whereas our car ended up in one that was GT and prototype. 
so it's a fun experience. But yeah, Spa will be a bit uh, a bit easier to touch wood. <laughs> I mean, Spa's going to be interesting at night because Spa's a lot darker. It's than darker. Daytona. It's a tighter track as well. Yeah, more corners, lots more corners. Yes, <laughs> Daytona doesn't actually have that many. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to see if we can get some sort of stream going for that when it's when it's on. But uh, that's a problem for future Sean to worry about. Uh, right, <laughs> uh, away from so iRacing. Obviously, anyone who is interested, of course, is on is on Steam. Uh, you can download that for subscription. How is it now? How about eight quid a month? Uh, the normal subs a bit more than that but yeah, yeah that's the normal subscription uh, for anyone who's a new uh, joiner to it uh, they do a lot of special um welcome to iRacing kind of packages so you can get like a three month subscription for 20 quid or a six month subscription for 40 quid etc etc yeah. always worth, um, worth a go absolutely i always uh, have a look around see if you can find any introductory discount codes yeah they, um, they recently cool. had what was the one chris got it was like 22 quid for the year Yes. Yeah, so it was to celebrate the new NASCARs. They had saying like $21 for a year, which was a ridiculous offer. Yes, exactly. It's very cheap. Uh, bearing in mind as well for anyone who's new to iRacing, you do have to pay for the content, so for the cars and tracks on top of the monthly uh, subscription fee. So um, that's a one-off purchase when you buy the content. That is yours for life on that account. But do bear that in mind uh, when I say look around to see, find the best deal because sometimes these discount codes will include additional content in there. Uh, of course, you've got the Black um, Black Friday uh, deals. Uh, they're always good to look at as well. And, yeah, that's uh, normally yeah, how I buy it now is Black Friday. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, so my best advice to anyone really is if you want to get involved in iRacing, don't jump at the first thing you see for yeah. how to buy it. Look around, shop around, and see if you can get the best deal. And also, if you're new to sim racing full stop, there are, of course, other sims, which, we're Monty, we're going to be talking about one of those now with you. Uh, of course, you're, do you want to do your little shout-out to start with? Because I've completely forgotten what your uh, Twitch handle is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, so um, uh, I do a lot of Twitching in my own time. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash JJRacing14. Uh, the main purpose of my show is to show that uh, you don't need a lot of money to do esports or any online sim racing for that matter. So I basically race on a budget. Uh, you'll see in my shows that I sit on a computer chair with a Logitech G29, which I purchased off uh, eBay for 90 quid, bolted permanently to my desk, and I do all my racing from there. And that format really hasn't changed since when I before the days of Twitch, but basically I've been doing this since 2003. Um, and the format really hasn't changed that much, apart from a web camera, so I can now show you guys what I do as well. And to put into context um, for listeners, uh, Monty was part of a TCR race last year at Malaysia, which uh, involved some real TCR drivers, and he was racing competitively yes. with them. Again, with a yeah. relatively basic setup, so you don't need to spend the hundreds of thousands, well, the, the sometimes tens of thousands of pounds that you can spend for this sort of thing yeah yeah no uh, that, that is a very valid point sean um yeah so i've uh, had the pleasure of being able to race against a lot of professionals uh, throughout the years um and the whole point of it as i say is that you don't need the money to buying uh oh gosh how do i put this you can't buy success uh, you can no, have all I... the nicest equipment, you can have a £10,000 rig, you can have the hydraulics, you can have virtual reality, you can have the nice direct motor-based 
steering wheel to give you the maximum feel of um, what's going on with the car, with how the tyres are responding to the road, etc. But at the end of the day, it's esports. It's a virtual world. And in the same way as how when you get in a car and you want the power steering adjusted to your needs or your seating position changed, it's just a control at the end of the day. And you want that control to fit your needs, to suit your needs. Now, if you want something really expensive so it replicates everything you feel in a car, then of course, I'm not going to argue that. Go for the £10,000 option. That's what you're wanting. You want to recreate the realism. But if you're just wanting a control so you can go and join in with the online racing, go and race out in some servers and go and have some fun against others, there's app I... Sorry, I can't see a justification for why you should start off on a £10,000 budget because that's not going to get you the win. You need to learn your craft. You need to develop your skills first. Once you reach the point where you feel you're being hindered by the controllers, perhaps you're half a second off the rest, and you know it's because you've got that lack of feel in the car, so you're kind of having to second-guess what the car is doing on the game, that's when you would consider to get the nicer, the more... Um, involved and engaged equipment very much in the same way as how people in the real motorsport life uh they never start off with a brand new car they go and learn their craft in an, in an old car secondhand chassis and all that because they know they're going to make mistakes they know they're going to crash it's exactly the same logic here and as sean says i've had the pleasure of being able to race in a lot of esports events because of it i took part in the wtcr events last year I'm currently taking part in a TCR series on Race Room. Which is why uh, we're here these... today. Exactly, yes, in the Sayak Cooper Cup. Um, I had the pleasure of finishing ninth in the uh, virtual uh, Macau Grand Prix last year. How awesome uh, was that? Out of 20,000 entries as well. And that was all on the same equipment which you guys will see in my stream. But honestly, it was an amazing event. Uh, I got to race against the best professionals as well as the best esports competitors out there. Uh, really, it is such a pleasure, and as I say, you don't need an elaborate budget to do this. Yeah, I've so even can been I just add into someone... that, Monty? Go for it, go for it. Is, as someone who has... So I don't have the most elaborate setup in the world, but I have gone out and spent a fair bit on it. Monty is 100% right. He is faster than me with that £90 wheel than I am. I mean... The wheel rim I did Daytona with probably cost as much to build as your <laughs> wheel setup, and you were faster than. Thank you. It does feel nicer having the nice wheel and everything, but no, you don't need it to go fast. And oh. anyone considering it, go buy a secondhand Logitech or a Thrustmaster T one fifty. I'm thinking. If I may give some advice to people, I'd say if you want to go. So start off like Monty, start with a computer chair, start on your desk. If you like it, the best route to take personally would be, I'd probably say a rig, so a frame to fit everything on. It's nice to have things not move. And then and that doesn't have it's to worth... be a you know kind of it doesn't have to be like yours, which is a bit more like a monocoque chassis. It can be like mine is, which is a separate stand which holds the wheel, the gear shifter, and the pedals. Yeah. Just... So my first one was 
two by four and plywood I like that. with the seat cool. and steering wheel bolted to it and that was fantastic that was probably better than the cheap metal frame i had after it yeah well you, I, I fitted in your wooden one so it was, it was all right <laughs> that was more the seat <laughs> yeah but yeah the the one bit of hardware and i think monty was probably just about to say this unless i'm wrong do apologize if i'm wrong there that is worth investing in for speed is a load cell brake. Yes. And these were once considered high-end items, and it's still not a complete entry-level item, but I have a set of load cell pedals that were £170 new from Thrustmaster. And that is much more affordable. Uh, say 10 years ago, guys, that this was a four-figure sum to get a load cell uh, brake pedal. Um, it's the only thing I would consider doing. I'm still using a spring-loaded pedal for the, the sake of my show, but um, it's the one thing that I believe does make a huge difference to the feel uh, in there because, um, well, you tell me the last time you ever drove a car which felt like it was on a spring-loaded thing. No, there's a hydraulic pressure behind there. You Fierce need gentle. to feel that resistance in there. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> These pedals are still spring-based. The difference it makes is with the Logitech ones, mm -hmm. it's judging your braking force in the sim based on how far you're pushing the pedal, Yeah, which isn't how you drive a car or a car. You push harder to brake more. Exactly. And the load cell's obviously doing that. The harder you push, the harder your car in the sim is braking. And that, that is the key difference yeah. there. But for people with equipment like yours especially if you're on pc there are things like load cell conversions out there and mm -hmm. there's more and more diy options as well it's you don't have to spend the earth to do this and be fast mm, ex exactly and it's as i say back to my original point at the end of the day it is a controller it's not a car it's not a plane it's not a boat it's a controller and you've got to make sure that whatever your control set is it's suits your needs the best because having a fancy wheel doesn't guarantee you a win i got beaten by someone using a keyboard and mouse combination for goodness sake <laughs> and that, that that's that's what feels comfortable for them and i'm not ashamed by that because this guy came fifth in um, an esports series out of ten thousand entries that's, incre that's incredible he He's always used a mouse and keyboard, so that's what was most comfortable for them. Last year, when they were doing the, um, when they were inviting all the former Grand Prix drivers to take part in the, the esports series, like uh, the the old McLaren and the Brabham's and stuff like that, and um, I remember the first shot they showed was of Emerson Fittipaldi in his nice rig, and it really looked top dollar. And I was amazed to see someone with respect went to his seventies having a shot on something like this, but it was great to see. Then the next shot they cut to was Jacques Villeneuve using an Xbox controller. And he was battling for third. And that's how Villeneuve has always driven these things. He, he was one of the first to, to openly admit that he learnt the F1 tracks by using um, Jeff Crowman's Grand Prix uh, racing games in the mid-90s. So, uh, and that's how he got around coping and learning the circuit so quickly in his first year of F1. Well, so that's, uh, that's think... similar to, not the same obviously, but it's similar to how I learnt to originally do racing games on the PlayStation back in the it's... late 90s, early 2000s. Exactly. and uh, Yeah, there's a lot you can learn about racing lines and racing theory mm -hmm. from that, even if you don't have the a feel of the, the car under race. you. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I think it... I don't know about you, Monty. I 
raced on games quite a lot before stepping into real world racing. Uh, and not, I feel like it did help a little. Not quite the same situation for okay. me, but I, I definitely did use. Uh, so I, I've have been doing racing for as long as I've done uh, sim racing. I've been doing real life racing for almost as long as I've done sim racing. But I do definitely use uh, sim racing uh, for two reasons: one, to learn a circuit quicker, mm -hmm. uh, but also I use it for mental training. Just going into public servers, purposely starting at the back of the grid to work my racecraft to learn how to deal with two or three cars beside you at all times um because it's one thing being quick but if you don't know how to pass someone or how to even cope with traffic then you make lots of irrational mistakes and errors which uh, i'm sure al will also tell you i'm susceptible to doing as well once i get my cage rattled <laughs> yes well yeah the thing to remember with a lot of sim racing i or something i always keep in mind is we're not professional racers yeah, we're just we're... friends having fun. Yeah, taking I'd always competitions. probably compare the level of decent sim racing to something like the 750 Motor Club in the UK. Pretty serious. That's the kind of level of driver I think a lot of midfield sim racers are. Mm -hmm. I think um... if you popped them into a 750 Motor Club, something like the Clio Cup, they'd probably, once they were used to the car, be about midfield, I think. It's, it's feasible. It's it's uh, it, 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 it's it's a feasible theory, but uh, I'm finding that a lot of um, online servers now, online online uh, racing, uh, they've started to create a ranked field. I racing have this with your I rating points. So the more I rating points you get, you get put into a a higher tier server, where in theory the class of racing is cleaner. There's more professional racers going to be in there. Um, it doesn't always work like that sometimes it puts you into a server where you've got people with a higher ranking than you but they're they're going revenge wreck you just because they're having a bored day and they just want to make other people's lives hell but the the theory works for 95 percent of the time and a lot of other places have kind of gone down this route as well so obviously in the rank that al and i are at the moment that's probably a very respectable comparison because we're not professionals we are enthusiastic people who enjoy cars. We race against people at similar levels to us. So, yeah, we are the kind of people that you would most likely see if we had the budget to be doing the, the 750 club. Yeah, club sports. If, you get, if you're lucky enough to get into one of the top tier servers, for example, in iRacing, this is where you're going to find Rubens Barrichello, Tony Canaan, Fernando Alonso, Small uh, Rudy Van Buren, etc., et Roman Grosjean, etc., 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 so in those servers, you are going to find it's a top-tier category. Um, I mean, in one of the... Uh, so, for example, in the Coupe Reticia uh, series I'm doing this year on Race Room, uh, the pre-qualifying event... So they do a pre-qualifying event prior to the actual event. The fastest 200 people get put into their six servers. The top 24 are in Tier 1. That was split by 0.12 of a second, so a tenth of a second between the top 24 people. That's an outrageously high standard of racing. Uh, for a starters, an outrageously high standard of pace. But then, what the top tier guys do, which is different to say tier 2 and tier 3, is when you get into the race, they consistently do that time throughout every lap of the race. Mm. 
Whereas you'll notice those who have just scraped in, you know, they pre-qualified 22nd, 23rd, 24th. Yes, they got the time to get in there, but that was a one-off. And you'll see them always at the back of the grid in server one because of that, because they can't consistently do that. And that is the, the difference between, let's say, a professional entry and an amateur entry who has the pace... But can they consistently deliver it? Well, that's the difference. Al, between, what do you think? I was gonna say that's the difference between people who have the that as their profession. Literally, they go go there to practice every day. You know, like you see yeah. with, with a lot of like professional Call of Duty players, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, versus people like us who have maybe every other evening, maybe every evening, some weeks, but it's not something we can always go to. You know, at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. Uh, but Al, go on. You. Yeah, no, I very much agree. I think, yeah, that's a fair point building on what I said, Monty. Um, to be honest, I actually quite, it's nice, I think, the way Race Room, iRacing and Assetto Corsa do it with ranking drivers is it does give you, more often than not, a matched kind of field. Mm-hmm. It means the professional drivers aren't tripping over people who are just taking their first steps and vice versa yes i mean when yeah the one thing you don't want to get is professionals and absolute novices really mixed together yeah that does not end well no no, no generally speaking not uh monty do we want to quickly go through the sort of races that you have lined up for this year for the uh, tcr or anything else you're thinking of yeah, sure. So, uh, well, admittedly, my, my uh, virtual racing this year is on a bit of a mixed bag. So you're, um, you're a busy man. So it's uh... <laughs> yeah, you can say that. I won't go into details, but you're a busy man. No, 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 no it's, it's fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, no. So, so on top of all this, guys, I'm doing a lot of studying at the moment. So uh, basically, you'll find on my Twitch, uh, I'm streaming every Tuesday and Thursday evening. Uh, I normally use those as evenings to go into the public servers, mix it out, and just show you guys what it's like on there. So if you've never used iRacing before, if you've never used a set of Corsa, etc. before, come have a look at my stream, and I'm going to show you exactly how you can get involved in the whole things. Uh, occasionally, I then go and take part in some esports events. Not as many as I would like, but again, because I'm studying, I've kind of had to compromise on there. But uh, I've prioritised uh, the big esports events because, and I will talk about this very shortly, Sean, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. The popularity of esports since COVID has happened, because what you'll find in a lot of these official esports events, guys, is uh, it's got an official backer. Manufacturers are getting backed in it. Gran Turismo has now got an Olympic competition, for goodness' sake, and so there's actually cash prizes now for. Uh, um, people to get when they win these contests now. Uh, so the Coupe yeah, TCR cause... one I'm doing, ten thousand euro prize to the champion for yeah, sitting Porsche behind a doing this. Porsche doing the same in iRacing. I think they're putting quite a big prize behind the Porsche Championships. So the yeah. Carrera Cup, and I think they do a sort of Cayman one as a support series. Yes, exactly. And for the observant people, they may have noticed in the GT series, it's now sponsored by Fnatic. So there's also an esports version of that for people to go and race against the GT drivers, uh, which is one of the things I would like to try and uh, have a shot at. I believe that's opening in July, so if time allows, I'm going to give that one a try. The TCR series is running every three weeks at the moment. Um, next round is at Nordschleife, and then uh, we'll be carrying on uh, the, all the way the into track. November. Yes, the full Nordschleife track. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, got to pre-qualify again, of course, uh, as we do with every event. I can imagine so, uh, that uh, 0.2 seconds might not cover the top 200 or whatever it was. 
<sighs> I would hope not for a circuit that big, but seeing how tight it's been at somewhere like Silverstone, where it's a two-minute lap and the top 24 is split by a tenth of a second, I, I think it's feasible at the moment to see the top 24 split by less than a second yeah. around Nordschleife That's... with the way that this competition is. How, how long would the lap be? About seven, seven and a half minutes? How... Eight. Yeah, seven and a half to eight minutes, I think it was last year, the times were. So it's going to be a big old lap, whatever happens. And uh, yeah, TCRs at Nordschleife is always great fun. <laughs> uh, on top of that as well, yeah, um, I would like to do another single-seater series. If anyone knows of anything going around, let me know. And actually, alternatively, if anyone does uh, tune into my Twitches, tell me what you want me to play. Tell me if there's anything you want me to review, because uh, I put these shows on for you guys so you can see what's out there. So if there's something that you've heard of and you've gone, mm, I'm not sure if it's worth the investment or not, ask me if I've got a copy of it, and I'm more than happy to do a review for you guys and show you exactly how you can get involved in it and if it's worth your time and effort or not. Awesome. And likewise, people who are uh, sort of more getting into it, join something like the CSR. Yeah. Get, 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 get. <laughs> yes, no, that's a very good point. There's a lot of uh, opener communities as well. Uh, I, I probably sound like um, a whinging nanny a lot of the time because I, I get far too competitive. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's just racing drivers, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. But uh, the, the, the bottom uh, point of everything to do with online racing is it's about the community. And it's been developed over a 30 year period now. As I say, I've been doing this since 2003, and it's been wonderful to watch it jump from uh, one point to the next. And as I say, because of what's been going on with COVID, it's had a lot. Its uh, popularity has boomed because all of a sudden people now had time to give it a try themselves. Uh, they've been able to um, see actually what's out there. The graphics have improved so much in the last 20 years that thanks to virtual reality and the accessibility uh, to get relatively cheap controllers now, it means more people are actually able to get involved in it now. And it truly is a wonderful thing to see the community boom as it has in the last 12 months. And it's been great as well to see um, people who I've raced against for the last 10, 15 years, uh, who I, I guess you'd be, you would call them the gods of their local community, you know, within their cult. There's always a, a kind of god. <laughs> oh, no, no, there no, no, is. No, you know, you always have like a goat or a god figure within that cult, don't you? So like in Call target. of Duty, there's, there's yeah, exactly. There's always going to be one person's name in Call of Duty and you go, oh, yes, I want to watch their stream and see how they get on. Mm. And it's exactly the same in online racing. And I've honestly been so, so happy to see the likes of Gregor Hutu, uh, who was a renowned sim racing driver, uh, be able to fully utilize what's going on at the moment to raise his profile and go and take part in events and be Max Verstappen's teammate in the virtual Le Mans series. It, it he was, has been well, great to see. He was one of the first ones where they took him seriously and did comparisons between, well, how can a real a sim racer do if we put them in a real car, wasn't he? Because he was yeah, uh, yeah, very correct. big in iRacing, not uh, uh, oh, in God, Live no, for the, Speed. This... This this was, was before I raced. Yeah, so uh, it, it, I'm just the, remembering the first, it was Live for Speed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and the, the first ever contest they ever did for this. So I'm sure a lot of people have seen. They call it the fastest gamer, and uh, so this is the one which like a uh, Rudy Van Buren won, and so he got to work for McLaren for a year. Uh, before this, about ten years before the first ever contest, it was um the it was essentially the same concept. I think it was called V1 uh, Speed or something like that. I'm gonna. I, yes, I, was, I remember uh, send... that because they did it with the. 
Formula BMWs, didn't they? Correct. It was Formula BMWs at uh, Rockingham, and I, um, without gloating, actually qualified for that. I, I was fast enough to get into that contest, and that was the one which Gregor eventually won uh, overall. And so that was the first of its kind because it was sponsored by BMW, it was sponsored by Logitech. Uh, to everyone within the sim racing community, that they thought this was amazing. Anyone outside of sim racing never heard of it, and they've never heard of it since. And if I was to say that to anyone right now, they'd go, what the hell are you on about? Yeah. However, 10 years on, as I say, you've now got the Olympics working with Gran Turismo. Yeah. There's no well, way anyone would have ever thought it would have raised that profile. And so for me, this has been one of the very few positives of COVID. Definitely. Um, I think we're sort of reaching I've, the end of this one. I think I've it's gone like... on a complete rant. Sorry, no, no, Sean. It's, it's been good. <laughs> I love how you say rant. <laughs> oh, thank you. Rant, of course. Oh, yeah, the rant. Um, anyway. It was a rant, so it was a rant. Oh, so. Anyway, um, let's uh, do our sort of end of, end of uh, podcast plugs because why not? It's free, free, free country, apart from Jersey. Uh, but um, <laughs> Al, again, do you want to say who who was a uh, who who do the VS Supers streaming? Actually, what I was going to end on with a. Um end of podcast plug is go out find yourself a logitech under a hundred pounds <laughs> and go try it yeah do that too also yeah come check out bagfire sim sports <laughs> yep good job monty again yep no so uh, if you ever want to come and watch uh sim racing being done on a budget it's uh, twitch forward slash jj racing 14 and uh of course check out my facebook and my instagram as well racing mont uh yeah what a name if you're new to this racing mont i know right (laughs) but yeah no if you're brand new to this uh come and have a look i'll show you how you don't need a um an elaborate budget to come and join in the fun it really is about the community and i want to make sure that people can join in the fun as best as they can and if you happen to be in sim racing and uh you're on a better rig than i am and you also want to look at my twitch then come and watch how i beat you every night <laughs> yep he's very good at beating people <laughs> with expensive rigs trust me on that one he is i remember i remember still i still remember when you did that btcc race and just appeared and for two seconds a lot faster than everyone else oh yes uh, uh, you yeah, helped me win the championship though. yeah <laughs> oh well you <laughs> took the welcome. odd point out it was <laughs> all even welcome. points at that point it was easy to work out the maths and on that bombshell uh, it's time to end this podcast, the first episode of the Stevie Auto Show. Um, this is, of course, Stevie Automotive. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, all our podcast websites. I'm Sean Smith, and we shall catch you on the next one. Thank you very much to Monty and Al for joining me. That's just been all yours, Sean. As always. Thank you very much. And we'll see you soon. Take care, and goodbye. Ciao.